From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bad. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. All right. Um, yeah. So before we get too deep here, um, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Uh, click on the furrow link above our homepage and join today. Also, would love to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, Hop and Barrel Brewing, and Brian Bryanson. <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today, or click on the patron link at the uh, homepage at blindestudios.com. And while you're over at blindestudios.com, go ahead and click that store link and check out our store. Uh, or you can go to teespring.com slash store slash blindestudios and check out our merch there. All right. Uh, so before we, before we get into, uh, actually, do you really have anything to talk about? Beer-wise? Yeah, no. I don't either, so we're just going to skip that Let's today. Let's move on. And we're going to move on. Um, and we are starting our Brew Like a Monk. Uh, new book, Who new, Dis? New book, Who Dis? Yeah. Uh, so we are going through Brew Like a Monk uh, by Stan Hieronymus. Came out in 2005. This is Trappist Abbey and Strong Belgian Ales and How to Brew Them. Yes. Uh, Katie um, recommended this as our next book, and we were like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I guess the uh, the Homebrew Bound book club will continue with this. Um, and as a fun little addition uh, to just kind of going through the book, we will also be drinking different Belgian beers uh, with each uh, with each chapter. And hopefully, specifically Trappist, if if we can if, if we can find, find all the Trappist, yeah. they are they have fallen out of popularity. And I will kind of preface this whole thing with uh, the fact that I. Definitely have read this book a few times, not for many years. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited to read it again. Uh, and I was telling Casey on the drive over to the studio that <clears throat> I have, um, I looked uh, at my Amazon purchase history. So Amazon.com, you know, it, I buy all kinds of weird shit on there now. Um, and the, the, I bought two things off of Amazon.com in 2005, and one of them was uh, Brew Like a Monk, and I have the copy in my hand right now, and it is uh, old and yellow looking and has some some pencil marks in it. Um, And I think at the time you were more likely than not able to get pretty much everything that's going to be on our list in a store. I think you can too. It just depends on the store. Like you the gotta, bigger, the bigger importers. Them. I think you can. Yeah, I think from. it was Certix in Minneapolis. If I'm going to call any of them out, and it's probably like Total Wine now that has yeah. them, but we'll have to go check that out. So um, yes, so uh, we are drinking an Orval Trappist Ale, and we are kicking ourselves because I opened it, um, but before we went on the air. So I opened it maybe three minutes ago, and I. You can you can it's bottle conditioned, so you can see the the bottle cap kind of bowing out. And I said to Casey, he came up with a like a regular flat bar bottle opener, and I was like, no, no, I'm like, get me a a lighter, and then I can pop it open with the lighter. Um, But when you open these Orval bottles, and it's um, the bottle style is called a Skittle bottle, 
I'm not sure why, and I don't know why I know that, but um, it's a weird-shaped bottle that is uh, almost more of a wine bottle shape. It does not, doesn't have a, a super significant punt in the bottom of the bottle, which is that divot in the bottom of a wine bottle, and that's, that's basically just like a pressure rating. And so these bottles, these Orval bottles, were way, way long ago were designed probably after a wine bottle, I'm guessing, um, in order to kind of keep the pressure of a bottle-conditioned um, Trappist ale. Uh, yeah, and this beer's a year old. Yeah, uh, it was bottled on uh, February 9, 2020, yeah. and that's pretty awesome. I mean, I've seen some pretty old bottles of this laying around, but to kind of cap that story off, I popped the bo- bottle cap off, and it, it made a very loud it was, it was noise, It was so. a beautiful It was a beautiful noise. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to get another bottle of it and do it on yeah. air, because I like that noise. So. Um, yeah, yeah, so why don't, we, why don't we talk about this beer before we oh, yeah. uh, dive into our introduction Sounds to good. Brew Like a Monk? All right. Um, yeah. The hell are my notes? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, immediately, uh, this beer, it pours with that beautiful, like, um, lacy, frothy Belgian head. Um, just, it looks gorgeous. It's pillowy and soft yeah. and slightly off-white. Um, Lacing is ling- lingering on the glass, for sure, which is the color is like a, a good beer. deep gold, uh-huh. I'd say. Yeah, deep gold. There's a little bit of brown to it. I think the yeast is probably kicking some brown into the color. Not an unattractive brown, but... Uh, I'm getting some bread. Um, yeah, I'm trying. Like, there's there's something I'm trying to place. It's it's a, some kind of spice. There's bread and there's a clove note, um, but I think the head is kind of obscuring some of the um, aroma. Mm. Um, wow, man, this thing is fizzy. It's very fizzy. It's fizzy. It's a little bit warmer than I'd like, but we yeah we just picked them up. Picked about, it up off of uh, a warm an shelf. hour ago. So no no big deal. Yeah, that's that's more of a bad planning on my part thing than anything. Um, I'm getting like a slight metallic on the finish. Yeah, there's a little. Yeah, actually, there's a little bit. Could be residual from copper kettles too. Oh yeah, penny. Yeah, just thinking about. Well, I mean, they should have dry hopped it. I'm just saying, if you put enough <laughs> high alpha acid hops in there, it'd oh take God. that copper right out. Check out uh, <laughs> the last episode, uh, two episodes ago. I think it was two episodes ago. <laughs> I know that was three episodes ago. Now it it's it's super good, and I would say it does have that sort of stretched thin. It's yeah, it's body very, from the all the sugar that's it's, probably it, like in the, it. It's not a heavy body. It's very thin, mm-hmm. incredibly drinkable for what? What's, However many percent it is, yeah, it, six, seven, seven, seven percent. It says six point nine. Okay, but if you're like every other brewery I know, it might it might be seven point one. It might be six point eight. So right, it's just you just have to is. guess on the. You have to you have to be like within a what, what point three. Oh okay. This is what you got to be with them. All right. So, yeah, while we're sipping on this, why don't we talk a little bit about this book? So the first thing we need to, we need to talk about is what is the Trappist brand? Because that's that's the big that's that's like that's that's kind of what started this is like if you're brewing like a monk, you're you're looking to brew Trappist beers. You're not necessarily looking to brew Belgian beers, but you're looking at Trappist beers specifically. Um, the Trappist brand is internationally protected. Um, and in order to have the Trappist label, which uh, if you if you look at um, a Trappist beer, it'll have this um, hexagonal label that ha- that says authentic Trappist product on it. 
Um, and if it has that on there, it is a Trappist thing. But in order to have that, all products must be made uh, within uh, the immediate surroundings of the abbey. Production must be carried out under the supervision of monks or nuns. And profits should be intended for the needs of the uh, monastic uh, community or monastic community. Monastic, monastic community uh, for purposes of solidarity within the Trappist order or for development uh, projects and charitable works. Right. So Trappist monks and Trappistine nuns, uh, they belong to the Cistercian order uh, of the strict, that's just, it's, this is the full, it's a mouthful, the Cistercian order of the strict observance. Uh, so there's about 100 houses of monks and about 70 of nuns because they don't obviously don't live with each other. Uh, this is worldwide, too. And they take their name from a reform movement that it uh, had started in the 17th century uh, at the French monastery, monast- monastery La Trappe, uh, which will drink a La Trappe at some point. Um, but yeah, I think we have one in the fridge. When this We do, yeah. So when this book was... Um, Released in 2005, uh, there were eight Trappist abbeys. Um, six of them are Belgian, and one of them were uh, one of them was Dutch, so Tegelen or Tegelen. Yep. And then there was one uh, German called uh, Mariewald. Yep. There are now 14. Well, I take that back. Uh, according from new information, we got 13. today actually at the yeah. liquor that got due to uh, the Casanova liquor store. We say uh, a, a shell uh, went under. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Well, not not went under. They're they're no longer considered Trappist because the monks moved out. That was the most difficult one to find. A shell. A shell. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. I don't know. Acle. A shell. I, I it's I think it's a shell because sure. it's it's probably uh, either French or Flemish. That one was always really hard to find. Um, again, I think the one and only spot I did find it at was that um, Certix. Um, and so the, and like, so I, I pulled this off of the Trappist website, uh, this morning. Um, and so, uh, disregarding a shell, we have La Trappe, uh, Chimay, Rochefort, uh, West Mall, West Flutterin. Uh, West Flutterin, uh, <laughs> West Flutterin, which is the whale of, of all of the Westy, uh, unless, Westy 12. Unless you're in Belgium and then you can find it anywhere for like four euros a bottle. Right. Which, which was blowing my mind when I was there because I definitely found that and, uh, or of all, but Westy 12 was like a big deal and they had some monastery fire or something and then they needed to repair the roof. So they decided to release a four pack with a glass in the United States, and they were uh, urging people not to break them up and sell them online, which is exactly what people did was to buy the four-pack and sell them online bottle for bottle for a million zillion dollars. Um, And if you guys are listening to this and you're like, what? Like, people went gonzo over a Westie 12 back? Yes. People went gonzo over different beers other than the hazy (laughs) hazy ones back in the day. Um, Zundert, Stift and Zegel. Stift, Engelsgel, Engelsgel, Mont Descartes, Mont Descartes, Spencer Trappist, <laughs> Trey Fontaine, Spencer Tra- is that is Spencer Trappist the one that's in like Ohio? Um, Isn't I think there so. one in? It's like in. Like, hey, well, and, and Trey Fontaine is uh, in Canada. Uh-huh. Um, Cardania, which I'm guessing is in Spain because it has a little a, squiggle. What do they call the squiggle? Uh, it's a tilde. Tilde. Yep. Uh, Mount Saint Bernard and Orval. I should have picked up some Trey Fontaine. 
because uh, I saw a bunch of that. Uh, so where we'll have to pick some of that uh, at uh, uh, Divine? Because mm-hmm. I I stopped there. They they didn't have any Trappist except for Trey Fontaine, and I was looking for uh, some other stuff. God Interesting. Long long uh, long. This is a little bit of a side thing, and I feel like you guys deserve to know at least. Longtime listeners. I just got a text from Rick, and he was supposed to come for the ne- the show after this, but uh, he has to wait for his laundry to get done, otherwise he doesn't have any pants. So that's just a thing that I got that I found amusing. Well, I mean, when has there ever been a pants requirement here? <laughs> I mean, certain shows <laughs> require pants. That's true. Well, this one's on the air, right? Right, we're, yeah. We're streaming this one on video, so... All right, um, and so so we went. All right, so that is what Trappist beers are. They have to be brewed by the monks. They have to be brewed on site or near the abbey, um, and the the profits uh, need to be like intended for charitable works, yeah. essentially, essentially, or like service yeah. type of st- stuff. All right, so this book, Brew Like a Monk, Stan tried to uh, answer like I guess like the the f- the fundamental question of this book is. Um, it's the can, should, and would of the question, could you brew like a monk? So can you, should you, and would you mm-hmm. is what this book tries to answer. Um, so the first part of this book is going to take us to the source uh, to Belgium um, where he interviewed a bunch of Trappist brewers and people who were affiliated with the breweries. Um, and so we're going to kind of dive into that. Um, then we're going to look at how American brewers are copying. Um, is copying the right word or paying homage to the style? Probably more along those lines, yeah, honestly. Yeah, paying, paying homage to the style and doing their own thing. Um, the one that immediately comes to mind is, uh, and I'm blanking on the name now, they did all the Game of Thrones beers. Uh, Omegang. Omegang, yep. New yep. York. Coop, Cooper. Yep, uh, yeah. Omegang uh, has... Yeah, I think Cooperstown has uh, probably some of the best American-made Belgian ales. I'd Easily. say. Um, who? I mean, who else is m- making a lot like a lot of that these days? I mean, I'm I'm the drinking... the, br- the brewery will make some. Uh, Sprecher, yeah, Sprecher has out a of triple. What is like what Milwaukee? Yeah, every, Sprecher is um, kind of a. I think you might you, folks might know them more from their root beer. Yeah. But they're still independent craft beer, Sprecher. But they, I'm drinking Pineapple Express right now, which is a Belgian-style triple. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm also drinking this Orval. Right. <laughs> I think we, uh, if you're not watching the video stream, which you, sh- you should because it's kind of funny. You can watch me pick my nose or whatever. Uh, but uh, my drinking beer is <laughs> a Belgian-style triple, and my sampling beer is an Orval. But this, your life is hard sometimes, Brian. (laughs) I have an awesome life. I (laughs) I can't tell you how rad and random my life is, and I'm very, very happy and very lucky. Uh, So this, to totally get off on this tangent, and I'm sure Casey's loving this. Sprecher Pineapple Express Belgian style triple L's, but they dry hopped this with Mosaic Eucanot and Zithos, which is cool. Yeah, they had to do that to get all the copper out. Get all the copper out. And those hops have some pineapple character, or if you really want to go for it, you'd just get Michigan Chinook. No, no I, I really like seeing um, Belgian styles at like local breweries. Uh, every once in a while, Pitchfork will do mm-hmm. um, their Rocket Fuel, which is their triple, and it like 
it lives up to the name. We did a quad at the brewery, and you guys haven't – Ethan hasn't been on the air for months and months because he sustained a head injury, and he's not, not doing so hot in case you guys were – Wondering what the heck is going on with Ethan, but um, he, uh, why was I bringing up Ethan again? The quad. Yeah, so that was Ethan's first beer, was he brewed a quad at the brewery. It was his first, like, solo brew, and then we had an employee say, why does it reek like bananas in the brewery? <laughs> and we had realized that uh, we had a, another brewery co-packing at the at our brewery at the time, they were con or not contract, but they were alt propping. So they were brewing out of our brew house, and they had shut valves that we would normally not have shut on glycol cooling jackets. Oops. Yeah, and so they got left open, but it's it's fine. And we'll get into this um, later on and brew like a monk. But if you ferment Belgian ale yeast at a higher temperature, you get more banana versus the clove. And so the our taproom employee was like, "Well, instead of it smelling like farty lager yeast fermentation, it smelled like delicious banana fermentation and it's because the the cooling didn't happen." Right? So you should always just have one Belgian on to mask the smell. This fucking beer was just ripping, dude. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, yeah. So we're going to look at uh, how American brewers are, are uh, paying homage to the styles. And then the last chapter is we're going to deal with the actual brewing process of brewing some of these yeah. Trappist style ales. And we're going to be focusing on Trappist styles um, and the stuff there. So we're not going to get into all of the Belgian styles. So probably not a lot of sour brewing and stuff like that. That's a whole other That's thing. another book. Yeah. That's a whole other book, and then we can start talking about goose. Um, but we don't. I don't want to spend three years to like minimum to get one episode out. That seems like a lot. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So important things to keep in mind while we are going through this, Brian. Uh, we are starting on page twelve. Just just so you can kind of know where I'm at here. Cool. Um, attenuation, um, and so like they talk. Uh, Belgian brewers often talk about a beer is digestible. And I think we can see that right here. This beer is not going to fill you up. It's like, and I think that that body stretch is definitely a big part of that. You're not going to have heavy body beers. And so we're going to be talking about attenuation quite a bit. These beers are super attenuated. You look like you want to say something. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just really excited to read this book, I guess, again. Right. Um, um, and then there's no I in sugar. So here, and you guys have heard me talk about candy sugar on the show before, specifically with Belgian beers. Um, when we're talking, especially when we're talking about the Belgian, uh, the Belgian Trappist breweries, uh, when they're talking about candy sugar, they're talking about a, like a dark um, syrup. The syrup versus like rock versus rock candy. candy. You can use rock candy. But. You can you can use rock candy, and that's honestly what you're going to find most of the time is either rock candy or powderized rock candy. You're not going to really find the syrup. So when they're saying, it, well, it's because candy is spelled C A N D I. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Why good we're yep. Yeah. Rock like hunks used by Americans rather than ingredient bump, uh, which is just like a syrup. Yep. Um, all of these are going to be bottle. Um, bottle conditioned and have a re-fermentation in the bottle. Um, so they're going to be higher, uh, higher carbonation, which also lends to that, um, like that digestible feel. Well, the, the to kind of like backtrack just a tiny bit, the, uh, the digestible thing is they, it like lightens 
the beer up. So we're talking about, like, I don't know, like, for example, I put Duvel in my waffle batter. It lightens it up, you know what I mean? And, and this is waffles that are <laughs> you use yeast to make. So they're talking about the beer by being digestible, but, you know, what they mean is that it's attenuated. So it's uh, strong, full of flavor, uh, but without being cloying, which if you're jamming all this sugar in there, and you know, and it's not and fully it's not, attenuated, yeah. it's bound to be cloying and, and awful. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be way too sweet. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get that body stretch that you want. You're yep. gonna a little bit of a you like the cider like quality. Yep. yep. Yeah, which like at, with your first sip, you'll be like, "Oh, that seems broken," and then you're like, "No, it's delicious." Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I I always hate the last sip because it's gone. Oh, it's that was so good though. It was so <laughs> good. It's been a while since I've had a really good Belgian. All right, um, and then we need to keep in mind while we're going through this, Trappist is not a style. It's an appellation, uh, which means name or title. I had to actually look that word up. <laughs> really? Yeah, did you know what appellation made meant? Oh, I, I know that they make uh, corn whiskey in appellation. No, that, that's appellation. Oh, oh, okay. Appellation. <laughs> no, I would have had to look that it, it was like a $10 word that Stan <laughs> used for some uh, reason. Maybe more like a $50 word. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, so just keep in mind, like, there's not a single Trappist style. Um, it's just how they how they brew these beers. Yeah, and this this is, it's so funny. It's like soup. Soup is made in, like, every, probably every country in, in, in the world. And it's yep. like, oh, well, we're making soup. But but you make pozole, you know, here yeah. in your home, and, and that's just soup. Yeah, it's just soup. You know, and so like I mean, it's the they, best soup. They look yeah. at it like, oh, well, this is a beer, and we made it, and it's this strength, this strength, this strength, or this strength, and that's it. Yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting to see that you know there there is no style. Um, we just made soup. Yes. But this soup is stronger. Yeah, it's so. a stronger soup. Yeah. It's better soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's better. Is better soup. All right. Um, and then so here here's the outline for I guess the next. Uh, or as as we go through this, um, just kind of kind of where we're gonna go here. Um, after we do a kind of so the next episode is going to uh, it's called Silence Please, and we're gonna be talking about the monastic brewing tradition just to get some background. Um, and then uh, we're going to take a visit to seven uh, essential uh, Belgian breweries. Um, and that's going to be chapters two and three. I don't know how many. Some of these are going to be multiple episodes. Some of these are just going to be a single. Um, and so we're going to kind of go through these uh, these different Trappist uh, monasteries and breweries. Um, and we're going to learn about them. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then we're going to take a, take a little trip to Abby's Blondes um, Independent Spirits. So this is these are Abbey beers, which are not they don't have the Trappist name, but they're brewed kind of or towards towards that style. They're they're probably well we'll we'll get more into it. They're probably brewed pretty close. Yep. Uh, Yep. And then and then we're going to come to America and we're going to talk about American Belgian beers. Um, Then we. Uh, finally get to actual brewing uh, from grain to bottle um, in chapter 7 and 9, and then we're going to talk about styles in chapter 10, 
And then we're going to get into recipe development and example recipes in chapter 11. Mm -hmm. There's a little spot in here too where this, um, you know, it's probably pronounced Yvonne de debates, but he puts it succinctly, and this is to piggyback out uh, what I was talking about style wise, but making categories helps the human brain, but it also limits it. Uh, descriptions don't necessarily take into account complexity. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely visit that debate. <laughs> we definitely will. Um, and I think it'll be lively. I think it'll be fun. Um, I actually have a Belgian beer in fermenter now that is ready to go into kegs. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to have some homebrew. Um, and then I'm hoping to brew some just like Get get a little Belgian train going and bring yeah. some Belgians um, while I, we're doing this. Yeah, and I would also say if you guys are uh, going to grab the book uh, and follow along with this uh, particular series, uh, throw it onto the social medias um, and you know tag us and hashtag us yeah. appropriately uh, to let uh, the Brewers Association and Stan and everybody know that we're we're kind of taking a, a revisit of this yeah. fine book that was uh, released in two thousand five. Yeah. Uh, also, um, just so you know, guys, uh, if if you're not a big reader, um, there are pictures in it. So <laughs> there's a, a a beautiful color picture section in the middle. <laughs> I think that this beer book is very well laid out too. And again, you know, it's one of one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be very different. Um, and I think we're going to be able to have a lot more opinions on things uh, with this versus when we were going through the IPA book, which was more scientific. Hardcore. Um, and so this is – it's, it's, it's going to be a different – we're going to see kind of how we approach a book like this. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy the journey because I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to go through this book. I know Brian has been gushing about how excited he is to reread it. Yeah. I needed a, I need a, a new um, this type of book to read. So Yeah. Yeah. I gotta gotta space out my. Uh, uh, was I reading a book about a Vietnam helicopter pilot? <laughs> <laughs> I always try to have something serious and and then some other bullshit to read. So. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get out of here, Brian? Yes. Yes. All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindersstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindersquareninja. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at blindninjastudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.